0: Have a bit of enlightenment special for my lovely listeners, and I have some more updates since actually there have been the availability to me to decide what to do for the new moon. There's going to be a video, so make sure to go to YouTube in case it won't be in our audio platforms that Sunday. And I used the tarot oracle decks that I mentioned to you, one. Two, you'll have a Monday video. It's going to talk about how pure evil is not evil. It's basically pure shame, dissolved. Dissolving shame is what we want to support people to do, and obviously it's a whole topic. So just uh, for those of you who do Spotify, you'll see the video. For those of you who don't, you'll hear the audio. And then for those of you who go to YouTube, you'll see it on YouTube on Monday. And it is something that we're going to review a little bit of right now as well, because there are some aspects that I was meaning to share with you in the first place, following our conversation on how we don't actually matter in the way that Anyone who does not dissolve their own shame, they will not choose life. They will choose uh, to live what looks like a life because they're still breathing, of course. And that means they're doing their day to day stuff. And that's why we're talking. So, on that note, uh, anything else? I might be able to get a Wednesday video. I don't know yet. But for now, you have the updates for my regular listeners on the content. When you do know that emotionally nothing is set in stone, and when you do understand that to be loyal means to be loyal to your own happiness and heart, you don't actually need people to do anything when it comes to building relationships, which is why we don't actually have a change in direction, the love cycle people. When we meet shame cycle people, I'm saying, that give up on their life and that we acknowledge. And no matter how much I can look back, all I can tell you is I've grown more compassionate. But my line of knowledge has maintained the very exact same line of knowledge, which is Shiva, We don't mean anything at all to anyone as long as they continue to live their life from a broken heart that equates a defectiveness that stems from their infancy and that they are covering up with their own busy day-to-day because handling their subconscious is not something people know they can do because they choose to engage with the nasty body that hurts Okay, It's not nasty because it's nasty. It's a body that can be dysregulated, modulated, or it can be a basically body that's cut off from the head because the down-regulated seat of empathy for those who have the avoidant, they're not choosing it. But when they become aware of it, if it's not with the psychoeducation, they're not aware of it in the way that could say here, here's your opportunity. Do you want to feel life? And do you want to grow emotional relationships to the depths of you? Or do you want to continue engaging in what are distractions, deflections and avoidance, which is equated not to a life that is full, because you are doing this in an effort to dis connect from emotions that are rising within you that are overwhelming you. It's called a window of tolerance that is being basically brought to your attention, your body is. When you do what you're used to, to self-soothe, you don't recognize that it's actually a mechanism of insecure. So again, psychoeducation helps, but people don't care to learn about it because they don't actually recognize it in a way that Is useful. They only look to the areas that are obvious and really it's in an area of achievement versus self-actualization versus inner well-being. It's because of something that they want to have outside of them, which is why we'll have different soul age groups and then we'll also have different 3D, 4D bandwidth because some people, they will not ever be interested in personal development for real with the knowledge of inner growth and the body and knowing they can behave with emotions that are compassionate because when you're a person who cares, your heart wants to be open. It doesn't want to be locked up. And so the minute you recognize I have a lock on my heart, a person who wants to live life is going to say, I'm going to get rid of this lock. And really a person who wants to live life immediately will notice if they're closing their heart off, And they will have a choice. And that's where the teenagers made their choices. And as I noticed, people continue to make those choices. And they think they're doing spirituality process, which they're not. You're not growing up from your own heart. You decided to close it off and define it as it's open. It's not open if it's hard and if it's not actually invested in anyone or anything. Don't bullshit yourself. People love bullshitting themselves. They got plenty of movies that let them do it. So here, 80 years, Harvard has been studying or had been studying. Let me find that I did not take the screenshot of the first one. Darn. Well, anyways, Harvard for 80 years has been looking into how to achieve happiness and well-being. So 80 years, 1,300 participants, 1,300, and an enlightening TED Talk that has garnered over 42 million views. This is a post by Lewis Hose. H-O-W-E-S or Howes. I don't know the correct pronunciation. Here are five profound lessons from the longest study ever conducted on human health and happiness. I mean, it's a long study, but there's not a lot of participants. So I don't know about that. (laughs) But anyways, here, lesson one. Happiness is most profoundly influenced by the quality of our relationships. Strong and supportive connections with family, friends, and community lead to longer and more fulfilling life. This is because you have secure connections, safe havens, safe bases. They support you. They support your dreams. They support your visions. They support you. You feel loved. Your ventral vagal is on. You feel safe when you do. When you don't, obviously, this is where it can be just one human being, not a very positive sign, but again, something that the person would note, "Mm, one human being, that's not what my world should revolve around. Technically, I should feel freer to be myself and more luck loving, and again, stuff that depends what movies they're watching, what people are around them. That's why it's important to create conversations that go beyond stereotypes and all that. Lesson two, your emotional well-being directly impacts your overall health. Prioritize self-care, seek therapy if needed, and prioritize your mental well-being as you would your physical health. Yes, people think they do that when they go off in the mountains and talk about not wanting to be around anybody and wanting to hug trees. Because they're still in a modulated embodied experience, they don't even recognize it. And some continue to live that way. And you can tell because they may be prioritizing self-care and physical health, but they act like assholes to each other by being basically assholes to each other. Your physical health matters. Lesson three, adopt a healthy lifestyle. Eat nutritious food. Engage in regular exercise. Prioritize sleep, nurturing your physical health sets the foundation for a vibrant and joyful life. No shit. If you eat well, not everybody has the finances, but they could get taught about food. And again, this is where there are many different ways people do learn topics. And it's because of people who bring it to them in the absence of creating a yelling environment that does not help safety in any way, shape, or form. Find your purpose. Discover what truly inspires you. Align your actions with your values and pursue activities that bring you fulfillment. This would be where you note your energy level based on desires, things you want, things you don't want. If a person feels a failure because they're a role and that's their entire purpose, there's a way they can navigate that though, which would make them more productive. It's to get out of the inner critic because the inner critic is a defense mechanism that consistently keeps you in a fearful chemistry in the first place, which isn't going to give you a way to get into your energy or do anything proactive. So, your purpose, if it's going to be a saga story, you might as well not have that purpose. Find a different way to do that because you're again going to defeat everything. And here's inconsistency, which is fear of failure, which is that actual unworthiness and that heart area of I'm afraid to be vulnerable because what if I fail this is the part of why is life supposed to be a failure again so this thinking brain can be used to say life it's not a failure it's not not a failure this emotion has nothing to do with the word it's an emotion called fear and of course it's important to me and my purpose and whatever and I feel that I'm not doing good enough But my emotion is what's allowing me to stay in this state. The word that I'm using, if I use this word, how how can I use this moment to become the person I want to be, to do what I want to do, while acknowledging it's normal to be afraid of failure. It's normal to be afraid of anything and everything, because again, there is no set in stone emotionally, nothing is set in stone, even mentally and physically. People will say they're loyal and they will not be. There is no loyalty from the mouths of people. There is showing through their actions if they care. And that's actually consistent, consistent presence, consistent in a way that is authentic though, not in a way that is hidden. And all adaptive child people hide. They just don't know we know because we are too much of a grown-up again to basically state it because we know what fear feels like, we know what vulnerability feels like, and we notice when people lock their hearts up because there will be a way that they're going to Be engaging with us. What's sad is when people tell you to unlock your heart. And again, right here is where it's sad, but it's something that just reminds you of the fact no one's actually loyal to anyone or anything except for their own emotional stuff. And since people don't know how to self-regulate, they are not even set in stone within themselves, which is why the inconsistencies are all people know how to bring to their relationships. The adaptive children is who I'm talking about. Obviously not the enlightenment soul, age of people. We know how to be consistently ourselves and that is by being who we are. No tricks, no lies, no hiding. Learning how to use our dark lenses as they come on board, thank goodness for them. They help us to disengage from embodying our actual genuine in-depth version because we realize people don't want that in their life. They're not vulnerable with... If you don't have an open heart, you can't be meeting another open heart because you're closing yours off. And so an open heart will know that another heart is closed. The longest human study on health happiness teaches us profound lessons about the things that impact, yes, our overall well-being. Uh, Apply these insights to your life and witness the transformative power they hold. Yeah, that alone... Gratitude. Gratitude is more powerful than you think. Expressing gratitude regularly for these small joys in life increases our overall sense of well-being. Take a moment each day to appreciate the blessings in your life, big and small. So people who do this without needing to be told, that's where our lovely Enlightenment so age your people are. In fact, when you hear Sadhguru, here's some of his quotes. There is no cure for prejudice and resentment unless you are willing to transform. Time to transform our lives. Capital letters. Here's what this means. Remember the Zen master story and the disciples with the conditions. The Zen master says you must forgive the compulsive thief. They say we don't want to forgive him. He's thieved too many times and he's going to keep thieving. And the Zen master says we are going to keep the thief here. And they say, if you don't kick the thief out, we're going to leave. And the master doesn't say anything except for, we are keeping the thief here. And that is where, at the end, what we learn from a lovely translator said, Guru is they are no disciples. They're not seeking transformation. They're being asked to be compassionate beyond reason. They want to do punishment, which is only going to make the compulsive thief rock solid because they'll know how to handle punishment. The same conversations happen on a human scale when people are with each other and that's because they don't understand what a shame cycle is and what compulsive reactivity is and how to use the brain to tend to one's self and let me share with you this. So, ruptures which are of the adaptive child who presents, I'm right, you're wrong, they're not there to repair, right? They're there to prove they're right. They're in yellow zone. Most people are yellow. Their ears are closed off. They're down. They're in threats. They're hearing, but they have tunnel vision and they're not hearing everything. They also will not have open mind to different perspectives. There is no empathy. They're in their yellow. This means this fight flight. Red is freeze. This is when they get nasty and things happen. It's like when somebody gets angry and starts just yelling at you. So the green light, on the other hand, is someone who's able to stay connected in their ventral vagal and their cortex and speak what's happening. Okay. So when people have ruptures, what uh, people don't understand is that they're usually something that is from the past. Okay, so let me find my notes, and that way I can read. Ruptures are triggers from the past. This is Ruth ruthliness. If a person is safe, though, and they're engaging with another, that's where our cortex stays online, and we're able to work with our cortex to foster awareness of that other person as they're being reactive. But that person has no consciousness, meaning that it begins to take place, this uh, brainstem begins to have already activity, they, they're not actually in their cortex, they are in their reactivity, the reptilian brain gets called in and it takes over and in fact that's when the lid, remember alert, 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 danger, 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 but an individual who has not learned to work with their emotions by choice will not be doing anything different so they'll be reactive and that's because the reptilian limbic brain level is what comes up this is where ruptures occur there's reactions without thinking because there's an intense arousal state that is fully present and it's like it can come online let's say you're in a store and you notice they're lying to you that's where you could start to be triggered and that creates a situation. and I've seen people in these states. so they're not aware of their actual brainstem, this reptilian brain taken over. but later on, after once they've calmed down enough, they will notice that they have reacted in a way that they didn't really want to. okay? So they will have noticed they were taken offline. And this is the implicit memory that a lot of individuals don't understand. compulsiveness, is of those who do not have an ability to tend to their own body emotional reactivity movies make it seem like it's normal for you to be in this way i'm trying to explain to anyone who wants to grow up no it's not your yellow zone is not your best version because you are in what is a fight flight mode and you don't need to be when you're in a store being lied to That's your insecure ego, and it's your insecure habit. It's fine. You can keep it all you want. It ain't the adult version of you, and it's not a human being who's mastered your own body yet, okay? You don't know how to work with your own nervous system. This means you don't know how to self-regulate. You don't know how to self-soothe in a way that is of grown up. I'll just use those words. That way we can simplify. The brainstem takes over. Now, if you have people around you who will talk to you, this is what loved ones are for, And that's where good loved ones, obviously, not the ones who still live in those actual parameters. Why not? The ones who live those parameters, they're in 3D, 4D land, okay? We're just going to leave it like that. They actually think like the movies, and they will keep on doing if they want that. It's not for us to judge. We want to educate and empower those who don't want to do that stuff. I have plenty of people who are living toxic relationships. I don't like the word because they don't feel it toxic. They actually let me in on a little fun fact. This is what love is, is what I get to hear from people. Okay. So again, plenty of ways that the conscious mind of an individual will see life. It's fine. And I don't think that the psychoeducators will be able to get to all people and all people to say, Oh, I want to be in a green zone. No, some people might be wanting to stay in their yellow and red zone. That's what it is. It's a choice, personal development, and it's a choice to become a grown-up. It's a choice to be in your 5D state of consciousness, oneness, consciousness, integration of the mind, restorative embodied self. So some people don't want to grow up. They are okay with what they do, and they like the movies too. I don't. I don't like any of them anymore. I will watch them and have a fun laugh, but I don't actually enjoy them. They all have limitations, and they also all do this sob story of a human suffering that beyond, oh, I'm just so done with that. It's not even funny. The only people I will talk to are grown-ups. And the minute I see anyone who wants to say, human, so don't, don't stay in your suffering. Please don't. I don't want to hear it. <laughs> Some people really try hard to get me into their suffering. And it's not that I don't understand. It's that I understand very clearly what they're doing. They don't understand that they're not disengaging from their actual household karma they themselves are not looking to move into the grown-up version they are staying with the mommy daddy at home whatever they lived and bringing it to life and they're completely oblivious and they want to have me play a role why they don't want me to play a role they just want the love and in fact that's what they get the love of a person who feels sorry for them in the sense of i'm just so sorry i'm sure everything will work out I'm here. I love you. Good. That's it. There's no engaging in. Oh my God! What did he do? What did she do? What is that? No, I don't. I don't. I don't need to need to know the actual adaptive children who still do the same thing year after year after year. This is called drama land. This is why even when Dr. Joe dispenses, like, oh, people love. I don't know about people loving drama land. I know I don't have anything to say about it. And when I hear it, I'm like, huh. Wow, well, I'm sure it'll be great. I, I know you'll be fine. Because that's actually how I feel. Because what I realize is some people, they, they, they will state, no, no, this is how relationships are. They, they're all up and in. They give me all their lists, all their confirmation bias. They know what they're talking about. Why would you even what? I was a teenager when I learned how not to engage in people's sob stories because I would be like, you're like a fly. You keep on hitting your head against the wall. Why? I learned equanimity out of the realization that people like being the fly that hits their head against the wall. And it's one of the psychologists that I read that helped me to understand it. And it's because they have spiritual bypassing. They think they're saviors. That makes them feel good about themselves. In the meantime, my heart is tortured because you're tortured. But then it's like, oh, wait, they're not tortured. Oh, that's right. They don't have a relationship with their actual unconscious. Their body doesn't mean anything to them. So the fact that there is low energy doesn't mean, no, nope, I'm, I'm here being a great human being. And my body, I'm not going to care about it. And the heartbreak, no, it's them. See, all people, they suck. So it's not really that I'm in this loop of fear or suffering. No, they suck. There are so many different ways people will have presented to me why they can't move out of human suffering. And I'm like, uh uh-huh. I have a temporal junction note for you and prefrontal cortex, do you want to hear? Some of them hear it, and then they completely discard it. So back to our land of what happens when people recognize finally that they uh, reacted. Obviously, here's where they will notice that they were sucked into this reactivity their cortical is offline so they have no awareness of it what needs to happen is becoming aware of it and then having people support you to engage with the cortical and if you have loved ones that's where as a person realizes you know I'm so sorry I was reactive this happens all the time you know and you get to talk about it that's where we work together to take a course of action. So if people go to therapists, obviously the therapist helps them, but when you have loved ones, they can help you too. And this is by creating a conversation. So let's say you've reacted with anger and I've had that happen. You guys remember that. And instead of being reactive myself, I was able to maintain A stance, stay connected and continue the conversation with a respectful tone and a I'm so sorry that you're upset tone. This is the compassion beyond a reason that any person who has emotional triggers may use to grow up. So the enlightenment soul age person is a pure loving person and when we meet what is not pure evil but it is a defectiveness shame that is hidden beneath a lot of other things and that is going to come up because that's what attachment, ruptures, unresolved trauma. The adaptive child, they all have not resolved any of this stuff, any of it, none of them. As long as you don't meet a functional adult, which means a human being who can say to you, these are my emotional triggers, not necessarily in these words, but I have trauma, I have wounds, whatever it is, however it is, again, I actually, I'm going to simplify I get nasty when I'm in a bad mood. So I'm going to disengage from talking to you right now because I'm right now in a bad mood and I know it and I'm going to become an asshole. This is what's going to happen very soon. I'm going to become an asshole. I've had lovely conscious human beings be able to speak words. It's so nice to hear someone not feel shame because they have emotions and to say, this is what happens when I get emotional, even if they don't call it emotions, okay? That's a grown-up. Not let me pretend like it didn't happen, one, those ones, or no, I don't want to actually talk about what happened in any way, shape, or form, because I don't. All of those are children, and you know what? They're going to say children because they did not acknowledge and don't acknowledge that people can grow together when they talk about what happens. And that's every time there's a splinter or a rupture, but talking is not, let me prove that I'm right, let me control the situation, let me uh, make it all about myself, stay safe, withdraw, basically be silent. No, those are all safety mechanisms. So this is what happens when you meet people in general that don't know how to be grown-ups, and they do something that they have a reaction of shame about and then they hide it to themselves and they hide it to others. They don't talk. They choose the wrong silence and then that's it because the grown-ups actually know what the right silence means. It means you don't know how to handle your emotions and I'm not going to force you to handle emotions because that's the least of what people who love each other do. Why? Because nothing is emotionally set in stone or mentally or physically. No one has to stick around Be loyal by telling me what they're feeling in their heart or have some type of conversation. No, no, no. Enlightenment relationships are free to be however they may be. We don't meddle with states of consciousness, not because of supernatural entities, because we are not going to force you to tell us about your feelings. We're going to note you don't want to share your feelings. You don't want to have a conversation. You're ignoring it and you're going to pretend like every other clown on the face of this planet because that's what clowns do. They all wear masks. So when you recognize adaptive children are people who have unresolved trauma and attachment wounds, there's nothing funny. There is no evil. What it is for a teenager was like, wow, way to use your free will. I'm an adult. Wow. Let me again leave you to what you call life and then tell me about how I should know or not know human suffering or whatever it is you want to come up with that is good for me. I don't have feelings. I mean, call me all the names you want. I'm a-okay. In fact, I'm so happy when people make up some shit because that way I don't have to (laughs) actually have anything to say. I, I really love not having to talk to people that have already made up their shit about me. Oh, man, is it great. And that's one thing you also notice as a teenager because liars and cheaters, they're all over the place. Again, masks, we see them. We just don't realize that it's, again, something that they don't realize about and that it's really sad. But sad for us, not for them. They actually, again, drama land. TV, anyone, go watch it. It tells you exactly why 3D, 4D, and all the people of other soul age groups keep saying that you have to have human suffering. And I'll give my thumbs up. They can go and keep that route. Anyone who wants to move into enlightenment land, it's very easy. Evil doesn't exist. Pure evil, if it's anything, it's a shame, defectiveness. It's people hiding from life. They will hide so well from their own heart. They will crush it. They will not know any different. And... Meantime, the actual 5D mystics of enlightenment, soul age group, you see, this is the part we actually feel every time something like this takes place with our oversoul and the collective. And it's not a joke. And so you learn resiliency because an actual light worker, for anyone who's 5D, they will know what I'm about to share because. They will know that nervous systems communicate to nervous systems. As Tara Brock points out in her lovely summit introduction when the finally COVID was done, those two years of of very much big emotions for our lovely humanity and Tara and all the psychoeducators explained in their mouths and from their education and from their machinery, which most people don't know about and don't believe in. You know what? They don't have to believe in it. It's like with Reiki. Every one of us had a nervous system that was dysregulated and reactive. And the way, let me find the notes because I have them here. The way she describes during the pandemic pandemic that not only did we have a pandemic, so all of our nervous systems were picking up on there being that, furthermore, our resources are in danger. So every person's body is a nervous system. And that's one of those things that people don't know. And a sense of predictability is what a nervous system wants. It wants to know what's going to happen. And due to there being a consistent in that moment of time, no predictability everyone was thrown into their biological rudeness except for those of us who were not and those of us who are not the enlightenment soul age group 5d mystic the ones who are 4d they went through the same because they're hypersensitive and they don't know how to use their prefrontal cortex but putting that to the side they know what i'm talking about because those of us who are sensitive to the ethereal plane we are We went through I know that I could feel the collective uh, again and again and again this is why as I was saying what is really disheartening is the fact that you think your loved ones will be actually in a state of support but when they're all not able to channel and or whatever we want to talk about when they don't believe in channeling or mysticism or ascension or any of the topics that are of the 5d plane and the 4d don't count the 4d are people who are completely in human suffering so long story short the loved ones that are supposed to support you emotionally when they don't experience what you experience and you can't prove, because that's the part of what a light worker will already know, but we don't create a sob story out of it like the 4D people do, who say, nobody believes me, and they go and become spiritual bypassers. No, we actually have, and knowing that it has nothing to do with only one person, and that our entire human species was going through what is and what was, a very destabilizing time, and that we... Pick it up, because some of us are intuitive that way, and it's okay. The people who took that with the knowledge of what was happening, and that would be for me for sure... I was not afraid and I was not upset at anything. I actually intuitively knew that I was picking up on the collective now thanks to Tar Brock and all the other lovely psychoeducators. I understand how to explain it to you by words. It's called my nervous system picking up on your nervous system and the entire world and that not everybody believes in it. That's fine with me. I'm a Reiki practitioner. I'm a channeler. I actually have a beautiful relationship with this sphere of consciousness and I don't really... Uh, have a care in the world about who believes or doesn't because that's why I make the titles inspiring human potential inner growth 5d see self-empowered enlightened you don't have to be in the enlightenment soul age group in fact you don't have to in any way shape or form this is the voice that I'm using and that's who I am not you not you know so you can grow you don't have to grow do what you wish And here's where what pisses me off even more, by the way, with the 4D, is them and their consistent talking about missions (laughs) and how a person's spirituality process or mission, it is called your name. Being a grown-up is the name of the day and learning how to actually harness your own body. Lo and behold, yoga it is a portfolio of ventral vagal nerve toning exercises. Thank you so much, Stephen Porges, for creating the polyvagal course that I can't wait to finish. When the entire world was destabilized and the oversoul of mine, you can better bet that it was a beautiful two years. Oh, yes, it was. It could have been a lot better. But, you know, in order for hearts to communicate, there have to be hearts that are open. And most people's hearts are not open. Because most people have some type of defectiveness, apparently, that they're just not able to overcome. They're not able to overcome that heartbreak and gut wrench and recognize, let me go get a good trauma somatics and sensory motor therapist. Because, you know, if I'm being so emotionally triggered all the time, but hey, what did my lovely friend let me in on? Anybody remember my attachment style friend who I love to death? What did she tell me when I suggested with the most compassionate and caring tone because I actually have concerns? What did she say when I suggested to her that she might want to contemplate for the very sensitive moment? She, this is not during the pandemic, by the way. No, during the pandemic, I actually was the one who said, hey, I, I can't meet what you're asking me. There was the umph time of the requests of, unfortunately for her, being alone is something hard and I don't have the time she wants nor uh, does it matter because this is what happens when people are not in their brain, meaning they've been taken over by their suffering and they're being reactive and their adaptive child. So they're not there to have a conversation They're either there to complain about why you're not being a good friend or whatever it or is. They're there for some complaint. They're there like a two-year-old. Pay attention to me. I want your whatever. And it's not in that way, unfortunately, because they're an actual grown-up who's suffering emotionally. So it's very heartbreaking, to say the least. And this is where an Enlightenment soul aged person will, again, use compassion and will also use a very firm ventral vagal tone when compassion and actually speaking clearly doesn't work. We do our best to speak clearly. Uh, We also don't lie about our feelings. So, of course, here's where when I did get uh, flagged by this lovely human being as names that I won't go repeating, and I'm still under that. You know, if there's a wanted list, I bet you I'm all over that one. I'm pure evil. Who knows what they have on that list? And uh, when this individual basically attacked me, I I only cared about my physical safety. It was a verbal attack, and, and then... There was that, but I already knew the risks involved. And uh, again, spirituality process, which means a functional adult, which means an actual healthy-minded human being, by the way, which doesn't get upset because you call them names. That's what integration of the mind. Healthy human being means integrated mind. I have my left and right mode on. I can talk to you while I'm getting upset. I have my cortex on, excuse me. So this is very explainable, and yes, it's very challenging for those who have tsunamis in their body, and so they have attachment wounds and unresolved trauma. You know what would be nice would be to actually have them note this so that they stop their little eyes of, I'm smarter than you, better than you, badass than you, whatever it is that is going through their adaptive child egoic mind as they actively speak to a human being in a very disrespectful way without any reason except for they don't know they have unresolved trauma or attachment wounds. And I didn't know that until I learned all that I have been learning. And now that I do, the only thing I can say to you is, I didn't come here to be someone's parent. I did come here to be a friend. That's something that I do really well in my book. Now, for my attachment style friend, I don't, which is why I said, I can't meet your expectations. And I clearly stated to them in a very interesting uh, dialogue where they basically came out with the ta-ta! Let me try and stab you in the heart. And I laughed inside and outside because not only can there be only one actual heartbreak that will take you a little bit off guard, and that's when you're a teenager, but see I got a buttload of people that lied and did cheating and so even when it got presented to me in a way that I have to say I was pretty shocked like very shocked like immensely this is a part of where loyalty (laughs) loyalty does not exist in the book of any human being on the face of this planet unless they're a grown-up if they're grown up because they're loyal to their own heart and they're actually loyal to being a human being who's committed to being authentic and transparent which means Even if I'm completely wrong, I will stand here. I think of Socrates. I'm going to use his story. I learned about Socrates, and my younger sister keeps telling me about how he didn't write a thing and maybe didn't exist, but that's okay. I learned about him in my political philosophy class in college, and I did a paper on him. I did a paper on when he chose to allow himself to be put to death because he chose to say, I did decide to live in this city and so I accept the death penalty that they're giving me and he basically does not escape he, he acknowledges that he's going to do the right thing by not escaping because somebody tries to go and free him and it's because he says I made the choice to stay here I knew what I was doing and I actively want to take responsibility which in all of the land of lands is honorable Because that is the actual thing that a person who takes ownership of their words and will do. So it's, you know, I made a conscious choice, so I accept that I'm being given this. He's talking about it in a way of saying, I give power to the city, and I chose to stay in the city, so I'm going to abide by their laws. Now, at the time, when I contemplated it, these are the two areas that I saw. I said, well, that's fair and square, because it's true. That's actually the right way to be a grown-up. However, I'm not necessarily sure that the state laws at the time were really fair because all he was doing was bringing people to think differently and to go beyond the box. And so the laws are really not being in a state of saying, let us allow you to have different ways of thinking. When we look at the brain, what does the scanner show? That when people's beliefs are attacked, the physical brain of human beings who don't have control over their brain, by the way, So all the adaptive children, because they don't navigate their reptilian, their limbic or their cortex, none of them. So those of us who instead we have a handle on all of that, again, while I'm having a panic attack, I can be out. I don't like to be out while I'm having pure fear on my body. There's a lot of things I've done with my ability to master what, again, it's a brain. I didn't do anything special. I simply allowed myself to have conversations instead of accusations inside my head. This is all I did. This is all that a regular human being who says, yeah, I'm flawed. What are you going to do? I'm not going to kill myself. Do you know why we wouldn't kill ourselves? The, the, The actual... So again, remember, I come from a love cycle, so I don't know this defectiveness feeling. I love life. Excuse me. I know that when I die, I won't be Maria anymore. And that actually gave me a lot of very, very big tears as a child. And you know... When you love life so much and you love love so much and you love everything so much. (laughs) Here's where. When you're gifted things, even as they look like they're not gifts, you can recognize them. There was a gift that was given to me. Lots of different gifts and moments and in various situations that could have been completely different. Completely different and way better than what they were. But you know what I was able to do with all of those moments? And in one of these moments, I still have it in my head because I'll never forget that second that this thing took place and I was like, shit, it wasn't like shit, I was actually very heartbroken. I was heartbroken and I was just so sad. And as I'm sitting there staring out my window and I'm sad, I'm like, wait a minute, you were fucking gifted the biggest gift of your life. Think about it. And I thought about it. And I said, what is the one thing that you don't like the most? And I was like, I don't like that I have to lose my loved ones. So like, I don't have my Milo, for example. I, to this day, don't want cats. <laughs> I don't know if I'll ever get one. If my mom wants one, fine. But otherwise, so I choose not to actually move into that for now. Because I don't, I don't want to. And I don't want another cat anyway. So what I'm saying is. The ability to see the silver lining, I was like, you know, this is a good thing because as I was trying to say, when you have a heartbreak and you actually have it because it's just sad, not because you're ruminating and like, oh my God, I'm dying. No, we're not dying. If a truck's not on me, I ain't dying. I'm just experiencing what is called life. So in that second, I was like, fuck, this is amazing. I'm so happy. This is fucking awesome. And I literally went from being sad to being recognizing I have been gifted the most humongous gift that I could have ever been gifted. And in fact, to this day, I always knew that Those moments during this lovely period of time that everyone was basically doing whatever it was, the 5D person that is here in their Enlightenment Soul age group, they're high fiving everyone, everywhere in their invisible land, not with people, by the way, because again, people that are not 5D, they have some sob story going on right now, or there's like uh, conspiracy theories. And again, they just don't like where the land of the tomorrow is going. We can't do anything about that for them. But what we can do for those who do want to grow up, as I was trying to get to, is that when you recognize emotional triggers and you understand that people aren't controlling them. So my attachment style friend, I laughed at their attempt which wasn't an attempt. This is a human suffering thing because of their actual safety behaviors. And all I said was, I cannot meet your expectations, all of the, the, and I had a conversation and I made a choice, which was, I'm disengaging from this because I can't meet what you want. They continued writing me and I redirected that relationship with less chat, just special moments. Still my friend, still loving. In fact, when I got the nudge, from this lovely sphere of consciousness something's going on with your friend you need to reach out that's where i was like okay how am i going to do this and i didn't do it by saying hey let me say i'm sorry because i didn't do anything to say i'm sorry about i redirected and i in fact already know i can't meet what this person wants from a relationship i can't physically so I already knew that it's not me going in saying, hey, let's be friends again, because I still can't meet their demands. In fact, you all know the story. They came back around and said, I don't want you as my friend. And now we have a perfect sweet spot because they took ownership of the fact that I don't meet what they want. They took ownership. This is where the adaptive child makes a Power move, they feel in control now. So there you go. And they actually do something for themselves. And I say there you go because it takes people forever to actually be their own safe haven and safe basis. This is what I'm trying to. So those of us who don't have this shame thing, we already know how we want to be treated, how we are interested. We know all the things that we will and we'll say to people. (laughs) We'll be grown-ups. They don't know how to handle themselves like grown-ups. So once they learn that. There you go. Uh, There's a new sweet spot, and it naturally happens. Nobody has to do anything. So, long story short, with my friend, they came back around and let me in that they missed me. And I said, I miss you too, because I do miss them. And I know that there's a sweet spot. Why? Because they are the ones who took control and cut me off. So, you know, the part about this is very sad, because if people only knew psychoeducation, they would have a way better way of handling themselves. So my friend, though, in the meantime, in the, in the middle, when I suggested you could use somatic sensory motor, they said, no, humans suck, people suck. I don't need anything. I've already done yoga. I've done therapy. I've done it all. They did not take the updated psychoeducation that I shared with them to heart. And this is not my business. It's their business. I did what a friend can do, which is I have something that might support you, if you want it, it's information. Period. When they reached out and said, I miss you, I'm not like, no, 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 I don't mean no, that's not how actual grown-ups do. I did miss them, I do miss them, and I love that we have found our sweet spot. And I understand psychologically speaking what happened. They took control unconsciously, might I add, because their human suffering is not done. They're still behaving in their relationships with the same attachment wound, because they didn't take my suggestion. So they didn't go and say, let me go and do a session and more because this attachment wound affects their relationships. And they call it humans suck because they don't believe the updated information. Insecure attachment styles, people don't recognize that they have emotional triggers and then they also have these wounds so for the avoidant it's they're disconnected and they're shut down their emotions they're a rock for the ambivalent they feel they're always going to drop they don't know how to receive there's no sense of self they will do whatever they can they're preoccupied to try and get that love the person who's disorganized they have an intertwined uh, defense and then Attach and avoid it together. So they are all over the place. Okay, so people with attachment wounds and unresolved trauma, they don't actually have the ability to be functional adults in their relationships. But to shortly say, those of us who do, we have self-compassion and compassion for them. So we can always grow our relationships, which is why, again, my friend is a perfect example, but she doesn't want to work on her emotional triggers. She doesn't want to work on her human suffering. She's chosen that this is not her, and that's it. And and you leave it alone because there's no need for us to be each other's parents. When you know that emotionally speaking, nothing is set in stone, and you know it for real, and you've been shown it time again, and again, and again, and again, and again, and again, and again, an enlightenment soul person, a 5D mystic particularly, will not be involved in a relationship because you need to do something particular. Our love is no strings attached because we are in our actual safe body, which is a safe haven and a safe base for us, especially when our loved ones. Cha-chan. They use that little knife of theirs to do whatever it is they think they're doing, which is nothing more than a habit of all the children that I've ever met in my life so far and that I probably will keep meeting. Their clown faces get more and more interesting and intriguing as I get to note how many different ways these shame cycle individuals will mask their own shame and live tortured lives but call it life. Dysregulation, modulation, restorative embodied self, look them up. Integration of the mind. Look it up, Daniel Siegel. He's really great. You should learn about how it is to be in the Enlightenment Soul Age group, spirituality process, functional adult, and more. Mystics were connected to consciousness. Integrated mind is equal to all hands on deck. It's like a conduit, and it's basically energy flowing through you. Light workers, anyone? It's not about a battle. It's an actual thing that you are, but nobody's going to believe you. So please stop trying to make your mysticism be the ruler of the world. I still laugh at people that actually are walking around like they think there's some. Okay, so long story short, I got plenty of 4D friends. I love them to death, but sometimes when they're talking about how special they are, I have to contain myself. It's really easy, by the way, for us because we really don't want to get into it uh, because we don't like to waste our time with anything that is formal and not actually from the heart. And clown faces are all formal and not from the heart. They don't know who they are because their child version is who they are. So we get to deal with their child version and we know how to handle children very well. And that is where enough with the teasing to close on out. When people are serious about wanting to be grown-ups, okay, they don't shy away from conversing about ruptures. They actually go into it with conversation, open heart, and here's what grown-ups do. You know, yeah, whether it be the person saying about the trigger or not, doesn't matter. Whoever it is that presents it doesn't matter because you got two people who want to be vulnerable together or more. So, hey, you know, this thing what's up? Well, you know, I actually get really scared. And um, scared about failing. Uh, scared that you're gonna leave scared, whatever it is, I, I get really upset, I get really insecure, I get real whatever it is, it's the emotion of fear. Okay, I don't think I deserve this. I don't think I deserve that. It's a very straightforward conversation. Okay, even without any of the psychoeducation, It's easy for us to say, it'll be great. We keep talking about it. We'll figure it out. The sweet spot. It's figured out by people who actually want to be around each other. Because, again, emotionally, mentally, physically, nothing is set in stone. Your relationships and being loyal with no tricks is a choice of growing up land. And those who build relationships because they want them to last. There are those who don't want relationships. They don't believe in love. They don't actually believe in having any types of friends, even though that's a bullshit lie, but hey, let's let people keep on believing things like that so that they may disengage from actually involving their heart in any matter. So that is to us a very big waste of time. We do not enjoy people using our time, but we understand that only grown-ups know how to be respectful And not to use and throw people away like they're trash, basically, based on compulsiveness. Not take ownership of it. Because it's nice when there are those who do take ownership of it. Although, I'd say the only ones I notice taking ownership of stuff like that, there's not many of them. Because when you use a stereotype, which would equate to those people who love to talk about compulsive sex, yeah, mm, Not everybody is actually a person that likes to do stuff like that and that the movies made it popular does not mean anything to the person who actually loves from heart and soul, which is where we don't know separation. Investment of any energy and any time is to build together and not to be unconscious together. So again, time is the only thing you have and while there are those who do not build because they don't actually stem from the heart. And with the heart, some of us, we always are using our hearts on our sleeves and on our faces. Why would we hide our heart? It would be like the actual uh, king in... Guru's story where the uh, sage tells him to just build a wall inside his room and he's like, but then I'll not see any light of day. And he's like, why? You think coming in and out of this ca- castle is going to get you to live life? People don't realize there's so much more to your relationships, but it's only when people are consistently from the state of their vulnerable hearts. So most people don't do that because they're not their own safe haven, safe base. They don't have inner secure attachment. This is one of the topics that is being discussed, which is why 5D is here. So people get to learn from good somatic, sensory motor, and trauma experts what it means to be an adult. Sadhguru is helping people to get to have ventral vagal nerve toning, and that's great. And the spirituality, soul, age group people who want to be only that will do wonderful. The ones in the other soul age groups will also do wonderful and they will learn at the very least how to be in their body and in their mind uh, for the rest of how they treat each other. Here's where if they want to still attack each other based on different belief systems, they will do that. As for us, functional adult love language. It means when we have loved ones with their triggers, we don't shame them. Never, no matter how much they might get into shame, blame, fault, and revenge, like my attachment style friend, when they did the little tzah, I was like, I do actually know why I'm in this situation. I had an answer for what they stated. And then for all these other things you stated, here's my answers as well. I was able to share with them what is Maria. And then I said, and based on all of this, I really feel that I can't meet what you want because I don't have this time. And every time, we've done this so many times. Every time we have the same conclusion. So I think we should agree to disagree on what friendship is and how time is used. And I can't meet your expectations. And when they instead attacked me about it, you're using tactics, you're using strategy. They were emotional. They, in fact, did come back around. Like I said, not your fault. We want different things. And then we moved into a relationship because now they're a grown-up version of themselves, at least with me. And we solidify our secure relationship, not attachment, because I don't meet their time needs, but it's a secure connection. Unkandishi-loving adults know how to speak to each other about everything. And it's a beautiful plane. And I hope to see you again soon. Have a great day.